0: Presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening, and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. Morning, everyone. How are you today? I'm quite sure that your family is a great, good uh, because coming kind up of worship. It's really it's always been good to worship God, isn't it? Here. Yeah. Thanks, Eli and and Katie, for leading us to worship. Now, um, uh, two weeks ago, um, Pastor Joe shared to us about the Word of God. If you remember the verse, the introductory verse that he shared to us, uh, it was in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Can anyone remember that? And it's about um, uh, the Word of God. So, the the verse says, uh, The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates to the divine marrow's soul, and uh, something like that. Forgot the last words. But that's about the word of God. So, (coughs) excuse me. So, the word of God is apparently we're talking about is the Holy Bible. So, we just This morning, we're just going back, something like going back to basic. Let's look at the Holy Bible today, this morning. Probably some of you have been a master of that or knows about this, but nevertheless, we're going to take a look at that in detail. So the Holy Bible. The Bible at a glance. So the Bible comes from the Greek word tabiblia. That's what it means. It means tabiblia means the books. So the word probably comes from the port of Byblos in Lebanon. That was years, of thousands of years ago. So Byblos was known to be an important place for the shipment of papyrus. And Byblos, the old Greek language, originally meant the inner bark of the papyrus plant. So it's a papyrus plant where they wrote the letters, etc. So papyrus was used for paper in the ancient world. World. So it's not really. Our paper now is high-technology paper, which are very thin, and we can write on that. But originally, it was from the bark of a tree. So that's why we get the word paper from papyrus, so paper, papyrus. So, So it is simply as that. So Bible refers to the books. So the Bible means the books. So on what we think of as the Bible today, wasn't even called the Bible until about the 4th century AD. So before that, it wasn't called the Bible, but they called it now the Bible, starting the 4th century. So this is how the papyrus looked like, an example. Um, If you can Google that, you can see like this as well. (laughs) So papyrus is just like taken from a bark of a tree, a tiny bark called papyrus, and they can write into that so I don't know how they made that but today's technology the paper is coming out from, I used to be employed in a paper company before back there in the Philippines so the way we make paper is we remove a fiber or the fiber parts of a certain tree or plant and what we call that, there's a process, it's a chemical process, we cook it not really totally cooked to the uh, like barbecue, but we cook it with chemicals, and then we extract the fiber out of it. And then the fiber is being dried and then formed, and what we call that dried in our rollers, we call and then the sheets come out as a paper. So, so that's why our paper now is very thin, but it still can write into it and print into it. But like before, the paper is somewhat still, like, thick, but they can write into it. So that's, that's papyrus. Okay, next. So the Bible is also called the scriptures or the holy scriptures. So we know about that. Or the word of God. Or the holy manuscripts or testaments. So those are some, ca- some uh, names of the Bible. There could be other names, but they are the most four common names of the Bible. And next one. So the Bible is a library of books, so it contains two parts. The Old Testament contains 39 books, and the New Testament, 27 books. The total total of them is 66 books. There might be, or you might have encountered some Bibles that contains more books, because they contain, like, the apocryphal books, But these apocryphal books are never been what we call canonized, uh, so technical term. Uh, Needless to say, uh, Bible scholars did not admit these books as being inspired by God, because some of these books are like a fairy tale stories. And these books have never been quoted by Jesus during his lifetime. So those are the apocryphal books. But for the Christians, so we have those uh, sixty bo- sixty-six books in total. And yeah, so th- these are the Old Testament books in order. So and it has been categorized into five different groups. We call it in the Old Testament. We got the law, the historical, wisdom, the prophets, and the minor prophets. So we know about law. So you Genesis Exodus Leviticus Numbers Deuteronomy and the next one is the are the historicals Joshua Judges Ruth Samuel Kings Chronicles Ezra Nehemiah Esther and the wisdom started from Job Psalms Proverbs Ecclesiastes Songs of Solomon and the prophets we call it some call it the major prophets actually so Isaiah Jeremiah Lamentations Ezekiel, Daniel, and the minor prophets until from Hosea to Malachi. So let's look at this one by one. Next one, please. So in the Old Testament law, the first bi- five books for the law are known also as the law or Torah or Pentateuch. Penta means five. So Pentateuch, the five books. Uh, and by history or by tradition, The author is Moses, so that Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. You might say it's not only law. Yes, it is indeed. It's also something like a history as well. These books contain history, but most of them, um, (laughs) backlist. Most of them are yeah about the law. So you can find here from Genesis anyway. It shows the creation, Adam and Eve. Noah, story about Noah, Abraham, and his descendants, while well, Exodus to Deuteronomy it is about deliverance from Egyptian slavery under Moses, and it is the giving of the Ten Commandments and other laws in these books, and it is where we can read and find the story about parting of the Red Sea when they exited um, Egypt. So the second part of the um Old Testament is history. The author really is unknown. It could be could be the name of the book implies but it's never been proven. But technically, like these books existed. So these are Joshua, Judges, Ruth, first and second Samuel, first and second Kings, first and two chronicles, Ezra Nehemiah, and, and Esther. So it started after the death of Moses with Joshua as the successor of Moses. it started with that, if you read the book of Joshua. And the story is about the judges, kings, and prophets, etc. So it's about more on history. And the story of David and Goliath is in this uh, part as well. You can find that in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Next one. The next part are the wisdom books. So the author, for Job, it's Job as claimed to be. And Psalms, the author is attributed to David. Not probably all of them, but most of them have been attributed to, to David, King David, it's so called. And the Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Songs of Songs, uh, the author of that is Solomon. So these are the wisdom books, are the stories about Job and exploration, the meaning of human suffering. The Inspiration of Prayer and Hymn Book, which is the Psalms. And practica- Practical Wisdom of Proverbs. A very good book, actually, of wisdom, Proverbs. Then the Earthly Wisdom Analysis of Ecclesiastes and the rapturous Love Epic in Songs of Solomon. Those are the wisdoms. The prophets, or we call it the major prophets. So author are are the title of the books, mostly attributed to them. Mm. So, as each of the book is named except for Lamentations, which is traditionally attributed to the prophet Jeremiah. So, the Old Testament major prophets' books start with Isaiah, and then Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. So, it is about the prophets spe- speak to the nation and interpret God's dealings with his people, you know, and they warn against sin, declare judgment to the people when they depart from God's grace, but they also show the love and compassion of, of God to forgive, call his people back, establish a new covenant, send a promised Messiah, and ultimately fulfill the divine purpose of the world. The story of Daniel in the lion's den is in this um, group of books, and you can see a lot of... Um, prophecy about uh, our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming and it was written probably 300 to 500 years before Lord Jesus Christ came and is prophesied on this book. Isaiah has a very good and very detailed prophecy about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, The next one and the minor prophets starting from Hosea to Malachi, and the author, as each the book is named, and writings are just the prophets, or less more on um, more on uh, prophecies, but not the books are not so long, unlike the major prophets, prophets, and ri- and the story of Jonah and the whale, is um, of course as is in this uh, group of testaments. So that completes the the Old Testament books. And now we go to the New Testament books. So it started with the gospel. It's grouped to five groups as well. uh, Gospels, the history, and the Paul's letters, or Pauline epistles, uh, general letters, uh, apocalypse, or prophetic. So the gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the history is the Acts of the Apostles or simply we call it in the Bible as Acts, generally. and the Paul's letters, we call it the Pauline Epistles, the General Letters, and the book of Apocalypse, Revelations, is the Revelation. Okay. The New Testament, the Gospels, author is as each of the Bible is named, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they are the authors of these books, the New Testament. See, so uh, narrative accounts of life of Jesus Christ. It's telling us about the life of Jesus, like a history. Now, um, one thing for sure. So these are the disciples of Jesus Christ. Or the disciples, some of them are the major apostles. So they did not gather around the table. If you have read th- these four books, you tend to think that not really think, you might find that the stories are related. The stories are just the same. Instead of just, you know, um, but the, what we call that the perspective is more or less different, but the stories are the same. If you can see, if you're reading these uh, four Gospels, um, the, the apostles, both four of them, Matthew, all of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they did not gather in a table and decide what to write. They said, oh, Matthew, you'll be writing this, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, don't write that. It's wrong. It's wrong. God. It's incomplete. So Ma- Luke might said, oh, Matthew or John, you have written the wrong one. It should be like this. It is what Jesus did, blah, blah, blah. They, do, they didn't do that. They did not gather in a table to discuss what to write. And they come up with this. Each one, its Bible, its book, Matthew, Mark, Yikha, John, and the authors, they wrote it at different places and at different time, time frame. So different places. But you can see that it's very, very what we call that um, um, consistent of what Jesus Christ was done, has done during his ministry. So it's amazing. How the we call that the uh, the unity of the Bible. You can see that's why we're very convinced that the Bible is really true because of this one event as well, one incident, one that um, they were written by different people that they have the same story. The acts call that in the Bible as Acts or simply uh, the complete term is Acts of the Apostles. That book tells us what the disciples did or were doing after Jesus left them and went back to heaven. So it's a very, what we call that uh, detailed history and story of what the the apostles did and the early uh, church as well after Jesus left. So it shows also here the Paul's conversion from a persecutor to a believer. And we know about Paul's story. It's a good story. It's been sh- shown here. Uh, by the way, um, the author of Acts is uh, attributed to Luke. Uh, he's the Gentile. He's a Gentile doctor. He's not even Jewish. But he's a, a, an, he accompanied Paul and the early churches uh, during that ministry. So that's why we come. Being a highly educated person, he was able to to write this book, the Acts of the uh, Apostles, in very detailed actually. So the next one is the New Testament. Uh, in the New Testament is the Paul's letters or Pauline epistles. So it's so called because all these are written by Paul, the Apostle Paul, from Romans to Philemon. It's about letters to various Christian churches and individuals. So it's about message of uh, Christian living, character, love, forgiveness, and so on. And the famous love chapter is in this group of books, the First Corinthians chapter 13. Have you read that chapter? Have you read that chapter, the First Corinthians 13? is very good. <laughs> so you can see, uh, so that's the the Paul's epistles. And the next one are uh, some of the general epistles. Hebrews is attributed to Paul. And James, James, the apostle James, Peter, John, and Jude are the, the apostles of Christ who authored these books. So, they too were usually written to churches or groups of Christians to deal with needs, problems, or questions that had arisen from the young churches. It's about the basic uh, instructions and messages to encourage as well the early church during that time. And I believe all of these, these testaments here are still applicable to us today to encourage us and to show to us um, how we live as a church, as a Christian and as an individual. And the most thing is encouraging us to go on, to proceed to stand on with our faith. And the next one is, and the last one is about revelation. So the author of this um, book is Apostle John. The same author as the the book of John. It's the same author. John, the beloved, we call it, the disciple of Jesus Christ, or the apostle of Jesus Christ. And the same author as the first, second and third John in the Bible this is the same author in revelation and the book of John so revelation is about the the second coming of our lord Jesus Christ It's a prophetic book if you going to read it you might find it very hard to understand but might be some of them might be straightforward but it's more of illustration and the events happening which is very what we call that, um, um, it takes like a higher education really to understand it and to study it deeply about revelations. So you might probably, I don't have to tell you this, when we say something like Second Timothy 3.16, it means that it's talking about the book first and the chapter and the verse for all of you who need to know that, so that's the order, right? So the main author of the Bible is God himself. Although it's been written by men, but God himself is the author of the Bible. That's why we call it the Word of God. So, and all the scriptures is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. We can see that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And in 2 Peter 1, 20 to21, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of the scriptures or the book, the Bible, came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, through human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So it's been consistent that the Word of God is written by men, but they are uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this. And if you're going to think about that as well, if you're going through the books and the pages of it, I don't know about you, but for me, I find it very impossible to write for a person to write those books actually. We especially about the just looking at the New Testament itself when you're reading the story you might find it hard to believe that it's written by a person or a human being especially the the unity of the Gospels, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John you can see that oh. I would tend to conclude that it's really the uh, inspired or driven by the Holy Spirit to write these books Actually, if you read all of that I'm talking about, take for example the the other epistles like, like Peter, John, and the other disciples except Paul. They were just fishermen before. They are not scribes, they are not highly educated men, but they were able to write these books, which is very inspirational. And I couldn't believe that these fishermen... At the, this, their level, can write these books, but I believe they are being inspired by God or by the Holy Spirit to write this, and it came to being. So those are the books, so they are divinely inspired. Amen. So there are the purposes of the Bible, and I find this one actually. So Second Timothy, uh, can we go back the first uh, previous slide? If you read 2 Timothy, these are the purpose of the Bible as well. That is inspired by God. And it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So these are the purposes of the Bible itself. And the next one. Apostle John uh, just said this, or uh, write this in his book. In John chapter 20, verse twenty. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of these disciples which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name, just to let you know that there is hope. That's the main purpose of the Bible. That's the purpose of the Bible as well, to let us know that there is hope, actually. I and mean, in through Christ Jesus, we have we have hope that anyone who believes, we have life in his name. I think the next verse on this says that I- if you're going to write every detail of what Jesus Christ did, there might not be enough you know, a paper to write it down. So just write it just for this purpose to let you know that in Jesus' name we have life in his name. Amen? And the other purpose is It's a weapon against the enemy, the devil. Uh, Do you know this story? The temptation of our Lord Jesus Christ before he started his ministry? He was uh, being... uh, Jesus was led into the spirit in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, of course, he was hungry. And verse 3, the tempter or the devil came to him and said, If you are the son of man tell these stones to become bread. (laughs) And Jesus answered, it is written. So Jesus Christ is using the word of God or the scriptures to fight against the devil (laughs) or the temptation of the devil. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple, if you are the son of God, say the tempter or the devil, throw yourself down, for it is written. Uh, um, it's very also <laughs> tricky, <laughs> because he's using the devil. Also, he's using the word of God, <laughs> for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, that you will not strike your foot against a stone. That's coming from Psalms, I think. But Jesus answered him. It is also Written, and Jesus Christ counterattacking him with the word in the Bible as well. It is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world under splendor. And this will I give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written... Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Even our Lord Jesus Christ was using words of God or the Bible, he would say, to fight against the devil, to fight against the temptation of Satan or the devil. And um, must be careful because Satan himself is using the word to tempt Jesus Christ. But our Lord Jesus Christ was consistently using the word of God Ward him off, to fight against him. So it should be the same weapon that we'll be using, the Word of God. Um, I remember there was a group, there's a group, a religious group, they said that um, uh, Jesus Christ is only a man. Because it was written somewhere in, um, uh, we're we'll not go back to that, something in uh, First Timothy 2 5, it was said that there is, can one remember that verse? 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. <laughs> For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. They just based on that verse. And they said, Jesus Christ is only a man because of that particular verse. But remember, it's only one verse. She would take We should take the story as a context, not really just satisfied with one verse alone. Because like Satan, like the devil, he was using one verse, just one verse alone, to tempt Jesus Christ. So, but if we're going to look at the Bible themselves, it's been said in too many books, Colossians, in the historical books, everything pertains to the Lordship and Jesus Christ as being God. Of course, Colossians says it's right. It's right that Jesus Christ is a man. Of course, he came here and dwelt with us, a human being, as a human being. But he himself is God according to the scriptures. And that's why I believe because it's written and it's according to the scriptures. Amen? So the main purpose, I believe, personally, I don't know about you, but for me, the main purpose of the Bible is to let you know how much God loves you. And that's the main theme of the Bible. Actually, uh, yeah John three sixteen, for God, so God so loved the world that He gave his only his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. for God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. So you might think that the uh, God is something like a god of wrath, but actually before that he might have judgment, probably at the end of the days, but God himself is the God of love. God is love, according to the scriptures as well. God is love, and that's the main purpose why he's written this Bible, his word down as a Bible, to let us know that he loves us. And for me, that's the main central verse in the Bible, that he gave his son for us so that we will have life in his name, we will receive him as as Lord and Savior. He did not send his son, Jesus Christ, to condemn the world. We know we have our shortcomings. We are sinners by nature, whether we like it or not. But Jesus Christ did not come to condemn us because of that. Jesus Christ came here to save us from that, to let us know that we have hope that we will be with God, and God loves us so much. That's the main purpose why the Bible is written down. Actually, the Bible is God's love letter to men. So God, remember, it was, it came into being, that Bible came into being, because God loves us. He just wants to show us how much He really cares and loves us. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at bethelcrc.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on Facebook.